Section 2C, The Air Force and the New Millennium. 2.16, Terrorist Attacks. Operation Noble Eagle. Terrorism struck home on 11 September 2001 in a planned attack by Islamic extremists when Al-Qaeda terrorists hijacked four airliners flying in the United States airspace. Two aircraft were flown into the towers of the World Trade Center. One was flown into the Pentagon and the fourth landed in a remote field in Pennsylvania. There were 6,000 people injured in those events and 2,996 people who died, including the 19 hijackers. In response, President George W. Bush declared a global war on terrorism. Figure 2.3 is provided to show the timing of each of the four attacks. These unprecedented acts of violence left thousands dead, thousands more grieving, and a nation unsure of its future vulnerabilities. One thing that was for certain was the depth and scope of radical Islamic hatred. The United States immediately focused on protecting our homeland from both internal and external air attacks, and fighter aircraft began flying combat air patrols in the skies over America in support of Operation Noble Eagle. Thousands of National Guard and Reserve personnel were mobilized to protect military and civilian assets, including airports, military installations, and infrastructure. U.S. Air Force fighter, tanker, and surveillance air assets provided 24-hour intercept response coverage for virtually the entire country. Months later, North American Aerospace Defense Command, with more than 100 Air National Guard, Air Force Reserve, and regular Air Force fighters from 26 locations, continued to monitor American airspace. Across the globe, Nations offered support and solidarity as Americans tried to regroup and move forward in the aftermath of the events of 9-11. Examples of bravery and sacrifice continue to circulate to this day of service members and civilians rescuing comrades from burning buildings, fighting fires, providing medical attention, comforting survivors, and volunteering to do whatever they could after the tragedy occurred. 2.17 War on Terror, Afghanistan Following the 11 September 2001 attacks, the United States reported that Osama bin Laden was behind the worst terrorist attacks in world history. President Bush demanded that the Taliban, Afghanistan's ruling government, deliver all leaders of al-Qaeda to the U.S. government, release all imprisoned foreign nationals, immediately close all terrorist training camps, hand over all terrorists and supporters to authorities, and allow inspectors full access to terrorist training camps. When the Taliban refused, President Bush ordered military forces to the region. Operation Enduring Freedom Operation Enduring Freedom took the fight against terrorism to foreign soil, most notably to locations where terrorist organizations existed in Afghanistan. Operation Enduring Freedom was focused on forming and acting with an international coalition to remove Afghanistan's Taliban government. The coalition primarily included forces from the United Kingdom, Australia, Canada, the Czech Republic, Denmark, France, Germany, Italy, Japan, Jordan, the Netherlands, New Zealand, Norway, Pakistan, Poland, Russia, Spain, Turkey, and other nations. The United States sent approximately 350 aircraft to Afghanistan, several B-1 and B-52 bombers, F-15 and F-16 fighters, special operations aircraft, 
RQ-1B and RQ-4A unmanned aerial vehicles, and Navy fighters deployed to bases throughout the country. On 7 October 2001, following continued Taliban refusal to hand over suspected terrorists, United States, British, and French aircraft began a sustained air campaign against terrorist targets in the country. Operation Enduring Freedom Strikes began with Air Force bombers, Navy carrier strike aircraft, and sea launch Tomahawk cruise missiles. The Air Force B-52 bombers flew to engagement zones where ground-based forces directed attacks. Guided munitions were employed with great accuracy, enabling air planners to reduce the number of air sorties required to destroy a particular objective. In the opening days of the campaign, joint and combined efforts destroyed Taliban air defenses, command centers, and other fixed targets. Combat operations in Afghanistan began with small groups of elite American military forces deployed to support anti-Taliban Afghani fighters. Afghanistan's rugged terrain, complex political relationships, and distance from operating bases challenged coalition forces. Air Force combat controllers were among the 300 Army, Navy, and Air Force Special Operations personnel, augmenting the Afghan Northern Alliance. In November 2001, coalition forces took control of Kabul, Afghanistan's capital. The Taliban resistance began to collapse, and in December 2001, Kandahar was abandoned, the last major town under Taliban control. Terrorist forces were run underground, but not eliminated, causing ongoing, extended counterinsurgency operations. In addition to being a combat operation, Operation Enduring Freedom served as a humanitarian mission. Service members provided humanitarian relief by dropping nearly 2.5 million rations to the oppressed Afghan people. Operation Enduring Freedom expands. In January 2002, 1,200 members of U.S. Special Operations Command, Pacific, were deployed to the Philippines to assist the armed forces of the Philippines in uprooting Al-Qaeda and other terrorist groups such as Jamaa Islamiyah and Abu Sayyaf. The mission was to assist military operations against terrorist forces, as well as support humanitarian operations for the Philippine island of Basilan, where most of the conflict was expected to take place. One American hostage was recovered during the mission, and the Abu Sayyaf group was reduced from 800 to 100 members. Efforts from this engagement created 14 schools, 7 clinics, three hospitals, and provided medical care to over 18,000 residents of Basilan. War on Terrorism in Africa Attention was turned to the Horn of Africa in mid-2002, focused on disrupting and detecting terrorist activities in the region. The mission included humanitarian efforts for rebuilding schools and medical facilities, as well as training local forces in counterterrorism and counterinsurgency tactics throughout Djibouti, Kenya, and Ethiopia. Operation Anaconda On 4 March 2002, Operation Anaconda was launched as one of the most crucial joint combat operations designed to remove the Taliban resistance from Afghanistan. Operation Anaconda, conducted in the Shahikot Valley, was a complex battle fought in rugged mountainous terrain under difficult conditions. In the early morning hours, on a mountaintop called Takur Gar in southeastern Afghanistan, Al-Qaeda soldiers fired on an MH-47E helicopter. The strike on the helicopter caused a Navy SEAL, Petty Officer First Class Neil C. Roberts, 
to fall through the open helicopter door to the ground. A chain of events followed during a 17-hour ordeal culminating in one of the most intense small unit firefights of the war against terrorism. The press referred to Operation Anaconda as the battle at Shah-e-Kat Mountain, but the men who fought there called it the Battle of Roberts Ridge. U.S. armed forces involved in this fight distinguished themselves by conspicuous bravery. Their countless acts of heroism demonstrated America's best as Air Force, Army, and Navy special operators fought side by side, and in the process, secured the mountaintop and inflicted serious loss on Al-Qaeda. Operation Anaconda ended as an American victory, but not without the ultimate sacrifice of eight Americans and 80 wounded. The difficult early stages of the battle provided insights for thinking about how to organize, train, and equip military forces for future joint expeditionary operations and how to pursue transformation. Notable bravery in Afghanistan. Kevin Whalen. On 19 July 2003, Kevin Whalen, a tactical air control party terminal attack controller, was supporting an Afghan and U.S. combat patrol in Guyan Valley, Afghanistan. The patrol was hit in a well-coordinated ambush. Whalen returned effective fire with an automatic grenade launcher and remained exposed to enemy fire while allowing the rest of the team to take cover. When the grenade launcher was hit and damaged, Whalen remained at his post and attempted to fix the launcher. He was hit three times. One bullet hit his body armor, another his Gerber tool, and the third struck him in the left arm. Whalen dropped out of the turret began first aid to stop the bleeding, and recovered his radio to call in close air support. When the engagement was over, Whalen insisted that all other wounded be evacuated first. After two days in the hospital, he returned to his team to continue combat missions. For his actions, Technical Sergeant Whalen was awarded the Silver Star. 2.18 Afghanistan Troop Withdrawal In 2011, at the height of American involvement in Afghanistan, 101,000 service members were deployed to the country. In June 2013, Afghan forces formally took over combat operations. At the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, NATO, International Security Assistance Force, ISAF headquarters in Kabul, a ceremony marked the end of ISAF's mission and the transition to the NATO-led resolute support. For most, the war in Afghanistan came to an end in 2014. Throughout Operation Enduring Freedom, 7 October 2001 to 28 December 2014, coalition casualties total 3,486. Taliban and Al-Qaeda casualties ranged from 25,500 to 40,500. Operation Freedom Sentinel After the deadline for troop withdrawal from Afghanistan, Roughly 300 American airmen stayed in Afghanistan to carry out operations against remnants of Al-Qaeda and help stand up the Afghan Air Force. In 2015, combat operations of Operation Enduring Freedom were replaced by Operation Freedom Sentinel. Working with NATO's Operation Resolute Support, 28 NATO nations, 14 partner nations, and 11,000 American troops continued the mission of training, advising, and assisting the Afghan Air Force to help it become fully independent. Notable Bravery in Afghanistan Jason D. Cunningham In 2002, 
Senior Airman Jason D. Cunningham was the primary Air Force combat search and rescue medic, pararescue man assigned to a quick reaction force tasked to rescue two American servicemen from austere terrain occupied by Al-Qaeda and Taliban forces. Shortly before landing near the village of Marzak Paktia Province, Afghanistan, on 4 March, Cunningham's MH-47E helicopter took rocket-propelled grenade and small arms fire, severely disabling the aircraft. The assault force formed a hasty defense and the team immediately suffered three fatalities and five critical casualties. Facing enemy fire, risking his own life, Cunningham remained in the burning fuselage to treat the wounded. He moved his patients to a more secure location under mortar attack. Disregarding extreme danger and exposing himself to enemy fire on seven separate occasions. When the second casualty collection point was compromised, Cunningham braved intense small arms and rocket-propelled grenade attacks to reposition the wounded to a third collection point. Mortally wounded and quickly fading, he continued to direct patient movement while transferring responsibilities to another medic. His selfless efforts resulted in the delivery of 10 gravely wounded Americans to life-saving medical care. The Secretary of the Air Force posthumously awarded Senior Airman Cunningham the Air Force Cross for his extraordinary heroism in military operations against an opposing armed force. Notable Bravery in Afghanistan John A. Chapman On 4 March 2002, during Operation Anaconda, after being fired upon by Al-Qaeda and losing a Navy SEAL, John A. Chapman's MH-47E helicopter landed just under five miles away. Once on the ground, Chapman provided directions to another helicopter to pick them up, successfully rescuing their mission team member from the enemy stronghold. Chapman killed two enemy soldiers, and without regard for his own life, kept advancing toward a dug-in machine gun nest when the team came under fire from three directions. Chapman exchanged fire for minimal personal cover and succumbed to multiple wounds. His engagement and destruction of the first enemy position and advancement to the second enabled his team to take cover, break enemy contact, and save the lives of the entire rescue team. On 10 January 2003, the Secretary of the Air Force posthumously awarded the Air Force Cross to Technical Sergeant John A. Chapman. On 22 August 2018, Chapman's widow accepted the posthumous upgrade to the Medal of Honor from President Donald J. Trump. Chapman is the first Air Force member to receive this award since the Vietnam conflict. Notable bravery in Afghanistan. Ramon Colon Lopez. Ramon Colon Lopez, a pararescue man, was deployed to Afghanistan on 11 March 2004 as part of an advanced force operations team serving alongside elements of the Afghan National Strike Unit. The mission was to capture a high-value target, a drug kingpin who was funding terrorism, and prevent the proliferation of chemical weapons. While conducting operations, Senior Master Sergeant Colon Lopez was on the first of four helicopters that took sustained small arms fire and was seriously damaged as they landed. With rounds impacting all around him and unsure of the size of the enemy force, he pressed forward, overrunning enemy positions. His actions suppressed enemy fire against the other three helicopters and drove the enemy away. The raid resulted in two enemy kills, 10 enemy apprehensions, and the destruction of rocket-propelled grenades and small-caliber weapons. As a result of his actions, Colon Lopez received the Bronze Star with Valor and became one of the first six recipients of the Combat Action Medal. Notable Bravery in Iraq 
Elizabeth Jacobson. Three months into her deployment, Security Forces member Elizabeth Jacobson was guarding a convoy en route from Camp Buka, Iraq, as a member of the off-base convoy support team. The convoy was hit by an improvised explosive device near Safwan, Iraq. On 28 September 2005, A1C Jacobson was the first Security Forces airman and first female airman to die in Operation Iraqi Freedom. She served in the Air Force two years. The Elizabeth N. Jacobson Award for Expeditionary Excellence was established in her honor. The award is given to airmen for outstanding performance during a deployment. Notable Bravery in Afghanistan DeLorean Sheridan In March 2013, DeLorean Sheridan was completing a routine pre-brief for a combat control mission at his deployed location in Wardak Province, Afghanistan. While his team loaded gear into their vehicles, an Afghan police officer suddenly turned and opened fire with a truck-mounted machine gun 25 feet away. Simultaneously, 15 to 20 insurgents just outside the village engaged the base with heavy machine gun fire. With rounds striking and killing his teammates, Sheridan closed in on the gunman with a pistol and an M4 rifle, neutralizing the immediate threat with deadly accuracy. Still under heavy attack from outside insurgents, Sheridan exposed himself to heavy machine gunfire three more times to drag his wounded teammates out of the line of fire to a protected casualty collection point. Sheridan directed close air support and surveillance aircraft to pinpoint, engage, and eliminate additional insurgents, and directed the entrance and exit of six medical evacuation helicopters. Sheridan's calmness and leadership in the face of danger helped save 23 lives. For these actions, Technical Sergeant Sheridan was awarded the Silver Star. He also received one of the Air Force's most prestigious awards, the 2013 Lance P. C. John U.S. Air Force Leadership Award. Lastly, he was selected as one of the 12 Outstanding Airmen of the Year for 2014. 2.19 War on Terror, Iraq Operation Iraqi Freedom In March 2003, after receiving intelligence reports that Saddam Hussein possessed or was building weapons of mass destruction, President Bush announced a 48-hour ultimatum for him and his sons to leave Iraq or face severe consequences. When Saddam refused to comply, a coalition of American and allied forces entered Iraq to end the Hussein regime and free the Iraqi people. The primary goals of Operation Iraqi Freedom were to create a stable Iraq, empower a broad-based government that renounces weapons of mass destruction, and rebuke terrorism to neighboring countries. Combined force commanders carried out objectives to defeat or compel capitulation of Iraqi forces, neutralize regime leadership, and neutralize Iraqi theater ballistic missile weapons of mass destruction delivery systems. More than 300,000 troops were deployed to the Gulf region to form a multinational coalition, and Operation Iraqi Freedom officially began on 20 March 2003. On the first day, while British forces took Basra, which was essential to delivering humanitarian aid, the United States unleashed airstrikes so devastating that Saddam's soldiers were left unable or unwilling to fight. Between 300 and 400 cruise missiles were fired at targets, more than the number launched during the entire first Gulf War. On the second day, the battle plan called for launching another 300 to 400 missiles, what the National Defense University referred to as shock and awe. The plan was focused on the psychological destruction of the enemy's will to fight rather than the physical destruction of the opposing military force.
The concept relied on a large number of precision-guided weapons hitting the enemy simultaneously, an approach that takes minutes instead of days or weeks. By 9 April 2003, American commanders declared that Saddam's regime was no longer in control of Baghdad. Before the city fell, jubilant crowds toppled a 40-foot statue of Saddam. Also, Iraq science advisor, the first on the 55 most wanted leaders list issued by the coalition, surrendered. In less than one month, our military forces rolled past Iraq's Republican Guard, seized bridges over the Tigris and Euphrates rivers, and commandeered Saddam International Airport. With control of the airport, major operations were conducted to eliminate insurgent centers of activity. 2.20 Operation Iraqi Freedom continues. The United States' involvement in Iraq maintained focused on controlling insurgents and enabling the country to rebuild its constitution and government. 54 U.S. Air Force personnel died in the Iraq War. In 2003, Saddam Hussein was found and captured. He was tried and executed three years later. With instability raging out of control in the region, primarily between Shias and Sunnis, the country became a breeding ground for terrorist activities once again. The United States intervened with a surge of force in 2007 to de-escalate the situation. Operation New Dawn On 1 September 2010, operations transitioned from Operation Iraqi Freedom to Operation New Dawn, signifying a formal end to United States involvement in the military combat operations. The transition to a supporting role and stability operations was made possible by increased capability of Iraqi security forces and their improved ability to combat terrorists and provide security for their people. As part of Operation New Dawn, our military had three primary missions, advising, assisting, and training the Iraqi security forces, conducting partnered counterterrorism operations, and providing support to provincial reconstruction teams and civilian partners as they helped build Iraq's civil capacity. As mandated under the terms of a bilateral agreement signed in 2008 by President Bush, troop withdrawal from Iraq was completed on 18 December 2011. Notable Bravery in Iraq Scott D. Sather Scott D. Sather led a reconnaissance task force into Iraq on the first day of the ground war of Operation Iraqi Freedom, breaching enemy fortifications during the border crossing. During the next several days, Sather covered countless miles conducting specialized reconnaissance in the southwestern Iraqi desert in support of classified missions. Sather was then employed to an area of heavy enemy concentration, tasked to provide critical reconnaissance and intelligence on enemy movement, supporting direct action missions against enemy forces. Sather's phenomenal leadership and bravery on the battlefield throughout his deployment were instrumental in the resounding successes of numerous combat missions by performing a significant role in the success of the war and the complete overthrow of the Iraqi regime. Staff Sergeant Scott Sather died on 8 April 2003. He was the first airman killed in Operation Iraqi Freedom. He earned seven medals during his Air Force career, including the Bronze Star. 2.21 War on Terror, Libya Operation Odyssey Dawn on 20 March 2011, under Operation Odyssey Dawn, a collection of aircraft were launched to enforce United Nations Security Council Resolution 1973, centered on protecting Libyan citizens from further harm under Muammar Gaddafi's regime. Following an initial launch of Tomahawk missiles, 
aircraft conducted strikes on a variety of strategic targets over Libya and created an airspace where no enemy forces could advance on Libyan opposition troops. On 31 March 2011, the United States passed complete military command of the operation and control of the no-fly zone to NATO and took up a supporting role for the remainder of the operation, which was carried out under the name Operation Unified Protector. 2.22 War on Terror Islamic State of Iraq and the Levant Operation Inherent Resolve In 2014, a new and ominous threat emerged that resulted in the involvement of the United States in operations in the skies over Iraq once again. This time, the enemy, calling themselves the Islamic State of Iraq and the Levant, ISIL, was an extremist Sunni jihadist organization. Aided by a number of worldwide recruits and sympathizers, ISIL gained control of territory in Syria and northern Iraq and left savage atrocities in their wake including mass murders and ruthless executions of innocent civilians. ISIL was estimated to have an annual budget of more than $1 million and a force of more than 30,000 fighters. Their brutality resulted in nearly universal condemnation. Even al-Qaeda repudiated them. President Barack H. Obama authorized the use of force, in cooperation with partner nations, to conduct carefully targeted airstrikes over Iraq and Syria and thwart their destructive agenda. 2.23 Air Force Heritage Museums As our Air Force heritage continues to grow and our legacy lineage continues to expand, do justice for capturing every significant event, operation, or action that contributes to our growth and success as the world's greatest Air Force could easily require volumes of material. Libraries, online catalogs, and museums are filled with stories, examples, details, and memorabilia that paint the picture of how airmen have contributed to this great nation. For additional information regarding Air Force history and heritage, see Attachment 2, Air Force Museums.